It's Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here. We are back and we are talking about the Silverton Bigfoot. We're seeing what maybe you think, if it's true or false, and why. So you can call in. The lines are open for you to call in and and uh, actually talk to the Parkers, ask them some questions if you'd like. But before that, we're going to talk with Jeff Johnson, uh, the vice president and the general manager of the Durango and Silverton Narrow Gauge Railroad, as well as the fiddler uh, and, and banjo player, too. With the uh, high rollers, when you did that, that was like ten years ago. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM, uh, Coast to Coast AM, uh, Jeff. And how was that to hear your song from years well, ago from the high rollers? Thanks for that nice surprise uh, bumper moment there. <laughs> that was a that's a great memory. That uh, that little song uh, we uh, were a group based out of here in Durango, Colorado, and. Uh, had some wonderful years, and that little song took us, uh, in addition to kind of being a little regional hit, took us across the, the pond, and we had a good time with it. So it was a lot of fun to hear that. <laughs> I, I, it's a great tune. It really is. I was in country music radio for four years, and that is really a good, catchy tune. There's no doubt about it, but I, I like the way what it says as well. But uh, uh, And I like at the end of the video that the Colorado girl is his dog. I think that's really cool. <laughs> but uh, And there's a dance that goes along with it, too. I think that's really cool. I think that's neat. It sure is. sure is. Yeah, I got a lot of mileage. A lot of fun. Haven't played it in years. Well, it was fun to watch you on the video, too. He is the guy playing the fiddle if you guys get to get to see it, and I hope that you get to do it. Now, now, Jeff, we're talking, of course, about the, the Bigfoot sighting, but give us a little bit of information about you and uh, the railroad. Well, just um, first, of, first of all, I, did, I can't go further without saying to uh, Shannon and Stetson, thanks for coming to ride the railroad with us. It was great to have you. And uh, obviously, this was a little different than the trip to yesteryear. You thought you were uh, you were coming on, um, but uh, we were sure uh, sure glad that you came with us. And, uh, and Connie, the um, uh, the railroad started um, essentially back in 1881-82 is when it was built. The line was uh, part of an extension of the Denver Rio Grande Western Narrow Gauge Railroad, which is a three foot gauge railroad that uh, originated out of Denver back in the early 1870s. And the, uh, the railroad had extensive coverage throughout the state of Colorado and also into Utah. And, um, and through time, and eventually you know, well into the 1950s, most of the narrow gauge uh, portion of the railroad was long gone. And uh, the only two portions that survive today of the old uh, San Juan extension of the railroad are, are the Durango and Silverton and the line between Chama and Encinito. And so it's uh, it's a very rare treat, and I, I appreciated that um, Shannon called it a bucket list trip. We feel it is for a lot of folks to come up and ride the train. It's a vintage steam-powered railroad. Uh, we use locomotives in the 1920s, and most of our coaches, or many of them, are from the 19th century as well as a little bit after that. So it's a very vintage experience, to say the least. And we uh, traverse the Animus River um, canyon all the way from Durango up to Silverton, which is uh, just about 9,300 feet up in Silverton. And the headwaters of the Animus River are uh, just a few miles up above Silverton. So it's uh, it's quite a trip, and it follows the bottom of the canyon to the Needle Mountains in the San Juan Range. And um, I first started there myself uh, initially right out of high school, actually, about 42 years ago. And uh, it became something I wanted to do since I was a, I was a kid. I was from Oklahoma originally, and we spent some time in Durango, and I discovered it, and it was just uh, like home to me there. 
And uh, my career took me in some different areas uh, away from Durango for some years and then back. And over the last five years, I've been uh, serving as the general manager of the railroad and in that capacity, I'm enjoying every bit of it. And it's kind of come full circle from 42 years ago. But uh, I have to say in all my experiences, I didn't expect to be able to have a conversation like this. So this is fascinating to me as it is to everyone else. And, and I love that you also know Coast to Coast AM well, and, and here you go. You never thought you'd be on coast either. And there you go. No, life is just wonderful. <laughs> Good things are happening for you. So now with that particular train ride, I know for sure this is the time of the year. And this was October 8th, but this was the t- this is the time that you go. You take these rides because you're going through the mountains and you are looking at the uh, leaves changing, correct? Exactly. We have a big, uh, a, a big rush of uh, ridership that hits usually from mid-September to early to mid-October, depend, depending on the schedule of the leaves turning. And this year, it's actually been quite steady for us uh, well into October, um, up to 400, 450 riders a day. So it's been quite a busy October uh, because of the way the leaves have been. Well, uh, Shannon and Stetson, I want you all to hang by a little bit because I just want to get some more questions from him, and then we'll get some more answers from you guys before we start taking the phone calls because I know people are going to want to ask you guys things. And I encourage you guys to ask, uh, you know, just because I believe and, and anybody else saying they believe too, I know there's a lot of you that don't. So if you can call in and be civil, please be civil about it. That's what we want for sure. So we can learn about it because I'm telling you, if it is a hoax, man, I want to, I want to meet that person. They did great. Uh, I really do. And I want to know what they did because they, they have fooled me too. Um, and I'm always open to learning. So all that's fine, but we want to learn a little bit more from you, Jeff. Now that particular, first of all, how fast do the trains usually go? I, trying to get a perspective of where the where the train was, how fast it goes, and and what area that was in after you've seen the video that you can say if it's uh, if it's an area where it's so close to the depot that somebody could easily walk over there. Uh, tell me what you know or what you think of it after seeing the video. Well, from from what I can tell and looking at that, it really appears to be. And, and Shannon or Stetha could correct me or, or make sure and corroborate this, but it, it appears to be a location probably about 12, 10 to 12 minutes uh, out of the Silverton departure station southbound toward Durango. Um, so that would put it, if, if, there, if the train had left right on time around 315, probably somewhere around 325 to 330, depending on, on what time they were making to get down there. Um, the location, and again, I'd, I'd appreciate if they want to corroborate if that sounds correct to them. Um, that's based on what I'm seeing and looking at some other uh, photographs of the area since you and I first spoke, Connie. Um, the, that area is not extremely remote. It is There are county roads and service roads in the general area, but it's not right next to the depot building or right next to the end of track. Um, it appears to be on the east side of the river. Um, I'm going to guess maybe 700 to 1,000 feet. It's hard to tell with the zoom on the camera. Maybe 700 to 1,000 feet across the river um, east of the um, uh, track. You can tell by the, the way the sun sets on the west side, the, uh, the way the shadows look. It seems to be more of an afternoon getting toward evening sun coming down from the west in that spot, which, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and it would be right before crossing the river. 
at which time, at, when that was taken, I believe the river would have been to the left as uh, toward between the train and the, uh, the siding. And uh, shortly thereafter, they would have crossed a bridge which would have taken the river to the other side. So that's my, that's my best shot at the location after having seen it. How fast do your trains go? It would have been doing probably somewhere around 12, probably between 10 and 12 miles an hour right there. We have a restriction on the bridge uh, crossing down there, which is 10 mile an hour. Um, generally, the trains average 15. So it could be could have been going about 15, and then it would have slowed down to about 10 for the bridge, depending on exactly where they were. Do you guys ever pay people or not pay people? Do you ever use any people to dress up as Bigfoot and do any type of PR stunts, or do you know of anything like that? We do not. And, in fact, we it's, it's interesting. We've been, through the years, we've been asked to do little kinds of stunts, which included um, – uh, fake holdups and Western robberies. And we've not, as an organization, been taken in to put on um, kind of acts like that unless something is truly an advertised special event. Um, um, we, The thing we're presenting to everybody is really that vintage wilderness experience. And it's funny, a lot of people ask me that, you know, right away, um, was this something the railroad did? And all I can share on that one is if uh, – if anyone involved with the railroad or that knew the railroad was involved in it, that's uh, the company and the organization knows nothing about it yet. Um, it's, it's kind of funny when all this started. I think you said August or excuse me, October 8th was when it was filmed. Um, I'm not sure when this went viral, but it was probably a day or two after it went viral that um, someone came to my office and told me about this. And the first thing I thought was, well, someone must have seen a bear and, Put a picture online. I had no idea what was going on with this this video and these uh, still shots. And then I got a call from the New York Post. I think you had been trying to reach me prior to that. And uh, then I realized it was something really serious going on. And uh, I started asking questions and talking to everyone around the office, and even just through today, trying to figure out and piece together what was uh, what was maybe going on. But I can certainly put that one part to rest, that if, uh, if anybody was uh, putting together a hoax, the, the company sure didn't know anything about it. Now, I think you had said at one point years back there was um, something at one of the depots or one of the stops. Yeah, I wanted to share that. Uh, I think it was 12, maybe 12 to 15 years ago, there was a, uh, a vendor store in, in the town of Silverton that um, had a um, – a store dedicated to the lore of Bigfoot. And I believe the individual, the individual that owned that store had a, a Bigfoot costume. I don't know what happened. I don't know if that individual is even in the, in the country or whereabouts they are. It was quite a long time ago, and at the time I wasn't working with the railroad. Um, so there's been a little bit of some lore of Bigfoot in Silverton, to say the least. Um, and interestingly enough, too, I had just talked with um, someone, a resident from Silverton today, who shared with me that they had heard some days prior to that um, uh, film being released or shot that someone was in town asking someone in some businesses around town about uh, Bigfoot in general, and they said they were from a production company. Uh, that's just something I learned today in trying to do some snooping around. But I don't have any more information about that. No one seems to know who they were or what it was. Um, and what they were asking, it was, it was pretty vague, to say the least. But that's about the most I've been able to, to, uh, to dig up so far. Yep, heard a little bit about that one before. 
Um, and I, I, I can tell you that when, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong or whatever. I know I've been around different locations and I'll, and that happens all the time, that kind of thing. Maybe because I'm mm-hmm. in that world too, but uh, you hear mm-hmm. that often as well. doesn't mean that they did anything, but I think that's what the people were alluding to with that, that it was a production company Got maybe it. doing something like that. And and if they are, they'd have, you know, I think it'd be smart for them and great PR for them to go, hey, that was us that that, that hoaxed you and, and then prove uh-huh. it and show it as well. Uh, you know, because if it is a hoax, great. I certainly want to know that. But uh if not, certainly want to learn from it. So uh, before we bring back the Parkers, is there anything else you want to add to this? What, well, what do you think? What do you think after seeing it? Well, you know, I have – it's interesting. You know, when I was um, growing up, I was very much into the lore of Bigfoot and uh, was fascinated by it. I would say that, you know, through the years, I've kind of become – my philosophy is the older I get, the uh, less I know, but the more I understand. You know, I think that uh, – <laughs> I don't categorically tend to be a, a, a believer or a non-believer. I'm more of a skeptic. I, I, I tend to need to see more evidence about things, and I take things kind of uh, lightly at first. And certainly the company doesn't have a strong position on it uh, officially, and I think that's a good thing. I think we need to let this thing be what it is. I think there are just a lot of folks out there, um, certainly yourself and others, who are far more expert at uh, at Bigfoot than I am. And so uh, I kind of feel that my uh, – my opinion about it probably doesn't carry a lot of weight compared to a lot of the people out there looking at this video. No experts, only researchers, no experts. You, you got to have good Research. feedback for that. <laughs> but um, uh, one of the questions somebody had before uh, that I wanted to make sure I asked you, uh, it was commented before that some of the trains were, and they had thought maybe this one was, or maybe years back, that some of the trains you could actually stop whenever you wanted and jumped out. Cause this was kind of in an area that was, it was not walkable to the depot and you know, from the first start of it and the, and the end of it. Right. So it was in an area that the train would or would not stop. I mean, can, can you be on this train and just stop it at any point and get out and do what you want? And that, I think that was, Probably, probably the thought that they thought they stopped it and then they were able to walk in that area. Yeah, it's, just, it's extremely rare that we stop uh, outside of our stations. We do have station stops along the route. Uh, about five miles south of Silverton, there's Elk Park, which is right on the Colorado Trail, incidentally. There's a bridge that crosses the river, and it is the Colorado Trail. Uh, and then we have a stop down in Needleton, which is the, kind of the gateway up into the Needle Mountains in Chicago Basin. Very, very popular spot. Um, and then on down the line, we have two or three other locations that we stop. These are designated in our timetable as station stops. Um, it, it's not to say if there were a special um, convenience for an individual or somebody that needed some consideration that we wouldn't arrange a unique stop now and then, but it's far from common. Okay, so let's talk to Shannon and Stetson, bring you guys back in so we have all three of you here. Uh, Stetson or Shannon, before we take a break, and then we're going to take some phone calls, so I hope you can all three stick around for that just to see if they have anything direct to you. Um, It flies by, but uh, Shannon or Stetson, do you have anything else to say with what Jeff and I were talking about? Um, I I just want to let Jeff know that it was a beautiful train ride, and we – 
enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, we didn't set out looking for Bigfoot. We did, like you said, just looking at the fall colors. That was just beautiful in itself. And I think just, you know, capturing what we captured on uh, camera and video is just kind of icing on the cake to an already beautiful experience. Oh, that's great. Stetson, can you say anything to taking the picture? Uh, do you know how far away you think it might have been from the train? Um, I am not certain, but um, our estimate's probably around 300 yards, somewhere around in there. I think he's pretty spot on with the location because, you know, we were at the end of the train, so the train was going around the mountain at that time. So that's why we only got the small glimpse of it, which kind of furthers, if it was a publicity stunt, you know, as people have said, then why wouldn't the other, you know, three or 400 people on the train have seen it? You know, it's just very odd to us that, you know, out of that many people on the train, only, you know, maybe four or five people at most saw this you know happen and then i think like some of the people who have been saying that it was the train that put it on um maybe getting it confused with the georgetown train that actually does a sasquatch train ride i think in july and people have like posted pictures like with the conductor and bigfoot but that's a completely different train ride in itself as well Shannon and Stetson been doing their homework, and now they are, like, known across the world after all this uh, attention that's coming to them now with what they've got. And as well, Jeff Johnson and the train service. So, you guys, if you can stick around, we'll take some calls when we come back. And um, stay with us, the Silverton Bigfoot. Real or not, let us know. Stay with us here on Coast to Coast AM. It's Coast to Coast AM that you are listening to. Hello there. I hope you're enjoying the evening and, and the shows. It's ConnieWillis.com uh, if you would like to join my newsletter and my shows at Blue Rock Talk, Connie After Dark, and Connie Willis the Podcast. I hope that you will sign up and be a part of one of the membership shows or the free Connie Willis the Podcast. Just go to ConnieWillis.com and learn more. And yes, sign up for the newsletter. You can see that on the top right where it says tap it on the top right. I know a couple of you had said, hey, where is it? I can't find it. It's on the top right of the menu. Uh, thanks so much for asking about that. All right. We are talking about the Silverton Bigfoot. Lots of controversy happening there. And tonight's the night where you can ask the people that were there taking the pictures and there when the video was happening and that you heard their voices, as well as talking to the VP Jeff Johnson of the Durango and the Silverton Narrow Gauge Railroad. That was what, that's what they were on when they were riding it, looking, you know, celebrating their anniversary and looking at the, the lead changes. The Aspen are absolutely beautiful this time of year. And this happened October 8th. So welcome back, Jeff. Welcome back, Stetson. And welcome back, Shannon. Thanks so much for being here and sharing your all stories. Before we do, Go to some phone calls. Is there anything else you guys want to add to what we've said? So I don't I think actually so, did an interview a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was brought to my attention, you know, 
in a in a question form of why have we never found a body? And I thought it was an interesting concept. I kind of wanted to bring it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was from a group based on North Dakota called the the She Squatchers. It's an all female. Yeah, I know. Okay, good deal. <laughs> hey, She Squatchers, um, how are you doing? Give them a big shout out. They're they're cool. They're cool people. That's right. Um, but they brought up an interesting point and concept that you know maybe the reason we've never found a body um, or a Bigfoot in the wild is because maybe they bury their dead. Um, if anybody listening or anybody that has any insight that's on the show now wants to chime in on that, I, I would, you know, I'd like to hear from his thoughts. Okay. Anything else you want to add about your sighting though? What, what do you, how far away do you think as well? I, uh, your wife said like 300 yards. Uh, is there yeah, anything right. else you want to add to that to maybe to where you even think you, it was eight foot or six foot or 10 foot or anything like that? I would say we were roughly, you know, three to 400 yards away. Um, as far as size comparison, you know, goes of the how tall Bigfoot was, it's hard to say. Um, definitely, I believe, well over six foot. But, you know, the width of its body mass, the length of its arms, the way that it was just lumbering on the hillside and not doing a, a flashy, hey, look at me uh, motion, just kind of, in my opinion, it kind of leads to the validity of you know, the possibility it is Bigfoot. Um, so, but as far as the size comparison, it is hard to say at that distance. Okay. And um, I think Jeff, you had something to say. You were going to chime in there. Well, I was saying, I, I don't, I think we've covered it pretty well, actually. And I appreciate that, uh, that Stetson and Shannon uh, kind of corroborated my thoughts about what the distance uh, was um, there over the, uh, over the river. Um, and I, I did know it. It was interesting that they said they talked to one of our trainmen who had uh, mentioned something about uh, experiencing something hiking uh, at one point. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. I had the the reaction among employees has been pretty mixed, as it would be probably across any uh, cross section. Mostly skepticism with some other folks who uh, who do probably you know feel strongly about it and believe. So it's really interesting. Let's go east of the Rockies. Let's talk to Mark out of Kentucky. Hey, go Big Blue. How are you, Mark? Welcome uh, to Coast uh, to Coast fine. AM. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I would like to ask your guest if they noticed as Bigfoot was walking, if the arms were hanging below the knees and they could actually see his arms moving back and forth because that would demonstrate that it was an actual Bigfoot rather than someone dressed in a costume. And, and Mark, say, before he answers that, before he answers that, Mark, what did you think? Do you think real or no? Uh, yes, I'm a believer. I, I'm definitely a believer. Okay. Go ahead, Stetson or Shannon. Um, I would say, you know, seeing, seeing him move and kind of, you know, walk, um, the arms were definitely longer than anything I had ever seen before on any creature of any size. Um, you know, standing straight up uh, at full length, you know, the fingertips pretty much came down right around to the knees itself. Um, so, yeah, I would say the arms were, were pretty well extended, uh, longer than anything I had ever seen on any creature any system. Yeah, that always makes a difference for sure when people are looking at that. Let's uh, go wild card line number three. Talk to John out of Florida. Hey there, John. Welcome. You're on the air of Coast to Coast AM. 
Hey there, um, Scotty and the Parkers and Jeff. I just um, I had an experience. I'm 62 years old, but I grew up in Washington State on a Whidbey Island. And, um, when I was a kid, I was in the Scouts, and we went camping up in Mount Baker. And Mount Baker is notoriously known as a Bigfoot sighting area. And we were camping up there overnight, and uh, I remember uh, in the middle of the night, we heard a rustling, and it woke us up, but we didn't uh, dare go outside of the tent. thought it might have been a bear, but uh, in the morning, we smelled, I mean, the scoutmaster best described the smell. It was an awful smell. It smelled like, he said it smelled like, like 40 wet dogs. I mean, it literally, it just it just took your breath out. It was so smelly, whatever was there. And he said that that definitely wasn't a bear because the the, the marks, the print marks, looked like human print marks, and they were big. They were like, uh, you know, wider than humans and longer. So it definitely wasn't was not a a bear. Now, uh, my question, I, I'm a believer in Bigfoot I've, since I was about that age. I remember that experience, and I do think that there, those creatures exist. My scouting experience, we had Navajo Indians who were part of our scouts. One, one young man said that they believe, that Navajos believe that it's a shaman, that, that a, a bad shaman that is what the Bigfoot are. But um, the Bigfoot you have in your picture, it's, it's interesting because he's got some real dark, uh, either some dark coloration around his eyes or it looks like he might have stole the backpacker's uh, sunglasses or something. <laughs> some John Lennon ones, right? Some John Lennon yeah, ones. <laughs> yeah, I saw that picture. I'm like, wow, that's, that's interesting. It looks like he's got some real dark shadows under his eyes or something's going on there. I don't know what that is, but um, I'm, I'm definitely a believer in, in, in that after, you know, my experiences as a kid. So you believe that the video is real, authentic? Well, I, I, I don't know, but it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, somebody can't be that big. If they're wearing a suit, I mean, a human cannot be, uh, there's not very many humans eight feet tall or, you know, over seven feet tall. So um, I, I just don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see that that's possible. So, you know. Do you believe it's eight foot tall because of your uh, Boy Scouting experience? Just by looking at the body shape, that picture is kind of, it's kind of hard but but you know if you're on a train and you're 300 yards away, that thing is still, you know, uh, it has a human shape of a head. Like uh, my professor in college would say that it could be the Neanderthal, you know, the just like just like uh, the the creature that's in lake in the lake over in Scotland, you know, that it, it might have never, uh, you know, that that creature survived because it. It was meant, you know, with the perfect conditions. Could it be that uh, perfect conditions may have allowed these creatures to survive? Like, uh, could it be a Neanderthal? Because Neanderthals are supposed to be over seven feet tall. So I, I'm thinking that if they're real, 
there's got to be an, an explanation to it. So, like uh, that, it must be something like a like a something like like Nessie, you know, that a freak a freak thing that that survived that shouldn't have that wasn't supposed to survive. I guess. Well, thank you, John, for your call. Does anybody have anything to say with the uh, dark eyes? Stetson or Shannon or Jeff? I, I think that we have heard everyone making fun of us for that and saying, you know, <laughs> good job, guys. You got a hunter with sunglasses on. Yeah. I think that. my pictures really don't do it justice. Um, and I know that, you know, the pictures are super grainy and all that, but it really did not look like sunglasses to us. I know that the picture kind of looks like that, but for me, it just looks like he may, maybe like a dark shadow from like deep sunk eye sockets. And the um, brow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like kind of a shadow there. Cause even if you're like really looking at the photo, it's, I mean, it's really grainy, so it's really hard to tell, but it doesn't appear like there's a line going across for sunglasses or, you know, even ears to say where the sunglasses would be at. Yeah, they're like monocles that can go in each eye, right? Weren't they monocles back in the old days? They put those in. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's where I go back to the shadows. And and the time of day, did you say it was around 3.30? Yeah, I mean, I, I will um, verify what Jeff was saying. That is about exactly the time because, you know, we can look back at the time stamps on um, our photos and the video. So he's pretty accurate at the timing on that. Does anybody have an idea on the temperature? Sorry, sorry. Oh, I, I will tell you, it was warm in Silverton that day. So it was probably, and I know warm is relative, but for us living in Wyoming, it was like 70 degrees in Silverton that day. So to us, that's pretty warm, you know, in the Rockies with the sun out and all of that. So, you know, if it was someone in a costume, they were sweating. They were burning up. <laughs> they were sweating right. like a dog. Because, you know, it's true. I mean, even on cooler days, because you're in that much closer to the sun and then the elevation and just the mountains in general, that sun baking on you is hot. I mean, right. oh, man, it just beams on you. That's why skiers have beautiful tans from Colorado yeah. and, and beyond, right? Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I know we've got some more phone calls. I don't know if we can take one. Maybe we can take an, uh, I don't know if we can hit one really quickly or not. Let's try it. East of the Rockies, Glenn. I'm Nashville, Tennessee. Glenn, if you can make it quick, we'll take your your question. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I wanted to ask uh, if there was any evidence uh, on this sighting that this was a subterranean type uh, uh, creature or whatever you'd like to call call it. Uh, It's been reported by some people, you know, that that, uh, the Bigfeet can just disappear into the ground and – was there any evidence of that, did it, or did they see it? In uh, what way did they first uh, uh, recognize it there? So, yeah, when you all first saw it, was it? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Stetson. So real quick, you know, when I saw it, it was it was walking, um, and you know, again, we were at a pretty far distance from it on a moving train. Uh, so when I did see it, 
it kind of squatted down shortly after I called it out, pointed out, hey, look, there's something moving. It, it looks like Bigfoot. Um, it didn't seem like it was really trying to disappear into the earth um, as much as it was just kind of squatting down, blending with its environment, you know, as a subterranean creature. Well, I tell you what, when it cut off, I was, you know, that's when I was watching the head move like a, a fly and be like, wow, look at that head. What is it doing? You know, it's looking around, um, hidden behind the bush. Uh, it, it, it cut off at that point. So I guess you all got out of range at, at that point. But man, I wish we could have got more. Man, it was so good. But you, you guys, great job. Thanks. I'm so glad that Brandon got it uh, and gave it and shared it, you know, and I'm so glad that you guys also got some still shots and I'm so happy that you all have come to share that with us. Um, I really do appreciate that. And Jeff, the same with you. Thanks so much for staying awake and uh, all of you are first time coast to coast guests. And we just appreciate that you guys have come and shared your story and your knowledge and your education. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm so glad you all are part of it. Thanks so much. They're believers. I'm a believer. If you are, hey, that's great to, to know. We really do appreciate hearing those types of things. And and if anybody else has any last words, you're welcome to butt in on me. That's absolutely okay to do. Again, take a look. Go to our website. You're going to see the pictures that Shannon took. You're, you're going to see the video. When you hear the voices, that's Shannon's voice and that is Stetson's voice. And thank goodness Stetson had say, seen it, you know, and said, look, what is that that's moving and got that shot. I, I think it's absolutely amazing. I think it shows where the, you know, a lot of people say they don't walk out in the open, but we have, uh, if you search the internet some more, we have some people that have captured Dave Oz is one of those in that in that area of the world of the country that has seen and captured on video walking out in the middle of nowhere, this thing that looks exactly like what you would call a Bigfoot. And then there's other video it's been sent to me recently showing it too. So I don't know, just do some more research, check around. And if you don't agree, that's fine. That's all cool. I believe, and I thank them so much for being there. All righty. Thank you as well for being a part of it. And Joe from Monterey earlier, if you like the show, write in and say, tell Mr. George Norrie, hey, George Norrie, that was a great show. That's always fun too. So from the foothills of the Colorado Rockies, I want to thank Julie Talbot, Bill May, Lisa Lyon, Tommy Danheiser, Dan Galani, Stephanie Smith, Mike Cosio, Lex Lonehood, Sean LeDesseur, Tim Banal, Gina Salvati, Donna Walker, Chris Burroughs, Ian Punnett, Lisa Gar, Richard Searett, George Knapp, and of course the man, George Norrie. That's the whole Coast to Coast AM team. And hey, until we meet again, join me on Blue Rock Talk, Connie After Dark, Connie Willis the Podcast at ConnieWillis.com to learn more. Keep watching the night skies and continue with me to seek out the strange and uncover the unknown. For Coast to Coast AM, I'm Connie Willis. Bye for now.